All right, Galatians 3, 9 through 10. I'd like to read it from the King James Version. It says this, So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. May Yahweh bless his word to our hearts today. In the last two messages, I've shared with you my understanding of Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Most Christian scholars disagree with me, but I honestly believe that they are interpreting verse 10 based on a preconceived inherited doctrine. But I can't be too hard on the scholars because I used to hold to the same view that they hold to. So I've got to be merciful upon them. The standard interpretation of verse 10 is this. Well, the reason that those who are of the works of the law are cursed is because no one can keep the law perfectly. That interpretation makes sense if if you believe that Yahweh required sinlessness, sinless perfection in Deuteronomy 27. Let me remind you that is the passage that Paul quotes from in Galatians 3 verse 10. He quotes from Deuteronomy 27 verse 26 in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And if you believe that Yahweh required sinless perfection in Deuteronomy 27, then that interpretation of Galatians 3.10, which most scholars take, makes sense. Well, last week I showed you why I don't think that Yahweh required sinless perfection from His people in Deuteronomy 27, but instead He required covenant faithfulness. And I'm so thankful that we can study the Bible and learn and grow and develop in our knowledge and wisdom on what it teaches. Yahweh required covenant faithfulness in Deuteronomy 27. And a part of being faithful to the covenant included taking part in the law's provision for sin. Inside of the law itself is contained a provision for repentance and atonement and forgiveness. Those things are not outside of the sphere of the law, but they're inside the sphere of the law. So that should let us know that Yahweh wasn't requiring sinlessness in Deuteronomy 27, but covenant faithfulness. And when somebody, some righteous man or woman, was faithful to the covenant and they sinned, they transgressed one of Yahweh's laws, then if they were faithful, they would partake in what the law gave them as the forgiveness of their sins. I hope that you're seeing that. I'm trying to develop that over the last few weeks. So they would take part in penitence and confession of sin and guilt offerings and sin offerings and the Day of Atonement. And all of that was part of the law, was part of the Torah. No faithful Israelite was sinless, but many of them were righteous. If you watch their lifestyle, their lifestyle was not characterized by transgression of the law, transgression of the commandments, but their life was characterized by keeping of the commandments. We actually find a section in the book of Deuteronomy that explicitly tells us that the law of Yahweh is not too difficult to keep. Now, in the past, I've kind of just let this text hang in limbo. I believed it, but I didn't really know exactly what to do with it. But now that I have a better understanding of righteousness and what Yahweh does require... I believe that I understand this text more than I ever have before. 
So, let's look at it in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 11 through 14. Remember, this is just a little bit after the end of Deuteronomy 27, where Paul quotes from. Deuteronomy 30, verse 11, reading out of the HCSB. Yahweh says through Moses, This command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. Now that contradicts all kinds of standard Christian theology. Why are you trying to keep the law? You can't obey the law. The law is too difficult. The law is too strenuous. Don't you know the law is a burden? You're cursed for being of the works of the law. Have you heard any of those statements before? I've had people say those things to me directly. (laughs) I think Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 should be our go-to verse. From now on, when somebody tells us that no one could keep the law back then, we should say, well, do you have a few moments to look at a Bible verse in the book of Deuteronomy, which was back then? And we flip over to Deuteronomy 30 verse 11, and we read, this command that I give you today is certainly not too difficult or beyond your reach. In the Septuagint, it says, this command is not too burdensome or out of your reach. Now that word burdensome, as soon as I read Deuteronomy 30.11 in the Septuagint this week, and I saw the word burdensome in one of my English translations of the Septuagint, and then I opened up my other one, and it said it's not too grievous. That immediately made my mind go to a New Testament passage in the epistle of 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, where it says, This is the love of the Almighty that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not burdensome or grievous, depending on which translation you read. So His commandments are not burdensome. Deuteronomy 30, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. The way that we show Yahweh that we love Him is by keeping His commandments. Yes, that may take effort. Yes, that may take work. Yes, it might take discipline. But since when does anything good come without effort, work, and discipline? And why do people think that words like work, effort, and discipline are not Christian characteristics? For example, I believe that a husband and wife can have a good marriage. But that doesn't just happen by sitting down and folding your hands and not doing anything. A good marriage takes effort. It takes work. If you see the fire going out, go grab some wood and put more wood on the fire. Amen? It takes work and it takes effort. Likewise, we're not going to get where we should be in obeying Yahweh's instructions by sitting on our hands and not doing anything. And we're not going to get to where we should be by just living one day or two days or three days. But over a period of time, with effort and training and discipline, we can grow in our sanctification. Sanctification is a word that means more holy. We get more and more holy, more and more set apart. I'm not talking about by the world standards or by the church standards. I'm talking about by the law of Yahweh. We're set apart by the law of Yahweh. Not the standards of a denomination, but the standards of the law of Yahweh. Look at the next verses in Deuteronomy 30, verses 12 through 14. It is not in heaven, talking about the law of Yahweh, it is not in heaven so that you have to ask who will go up to heaven to get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. And it is not across the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it for us and proclaim it to us so that we may follow it. But the message is very near you in your mouth and in your heart so that you may follow it or so that you may do it. Now, 
Yahweh is not demanding sinlessness here in this text, but rather covenant faithfulness. You can be faithful to Yahweh. You can be faithful to His covenant. But you will sin. My saying that you will sin is not giving you permission to sin, nor is it okaying you when you do sin. All sin is bad. All sin is an offense to Yahweh. But the fact is, you will sin, and Yahweh knew that ahead of time, and that's why He placed within His law provisions for forgiveness and atonement. The key is is that when you do, you take part of that place in the law that allows for confession and repentance of sin. And then you strive not to commit that same sin anymore. Over time we grow in holiness, which means we become more obedient to the law of Yahweh. Proverbs 24 verse 16 says, Though a righteous man falls seven times, he will get up, but the wicked stumble into ruin. I want you to catch that. A righteous man, the Bible calls him righteous, but it says he falls seven times. Why is this man called righteous even though he's fallen seven times or fell seven times? I believe it is because he gets up. He's faithful to the covenant in that he doesn't stumble into ruin. The wicked stumble into ruin. They go that way. They practice that way. But the righteous, when he sins, when he falls, he gets back up. He doesn't stumble into ruin. He doesn't live in and practice sin without repentance. The righteous man is not a worker of lawlessness even though he sins. When we have a heart to obey the law of Yahweh, like Deuteronomy 30, verse 11 through 14 says, when we decide to love our neighbor by not stealing from him or committing adultery with his wife, when we look out for our neighbor's property while they are out of town, when we don't work on the Sabbath day, when we keep our word, when we stand up to honor the elderly, when we observe the Passover, when we do all of these things, we are not cursed. We are blessed. The curse comes when we refuse to do all of these things that the Bible says are not too difficult or beyond our reach. And that, my friends, is why the Judaizers were under the curse of the law. They were not faithful to the covenant. They were Judah, yes. They had been circumcised on the eighth day, yes. They had been raised in the law, Yes, but they did not have it in their heart. They were not of faith like Father Abraham. They looked holy on the outside, but they were unholy on the inside. Now, I talked last week about Zechariah and Elizabeth in Luke 1, where it says that they were both righteous, walking without blame according to all the commandments and requirements of Yahweh. That's another verse to show someone who says you can't obey the law. Luke chapter 1 verses 5 through 6. What are we going to do with Zechariah and Elizabeth? Are we going to say that Dr. Luke didn't know what he was talking about when he wrote that text? No, we're going to believe that text. We're going to believe that the birth parents of John the baptizer, Zechariah the Levite, and Elizabeth his Levite wife, we're going to believe what the Bible says. They were both righteous. They walked in the commandments and the requirements of Yahweh. Were they sinless? No, that's not what the verse is talking about. They were faithful to the covenant. 
They were penitent. They were repentant. And they practiced righteousness, meaning they did what was right. They obeyed the commandments of Yahweh. Well, we talked about that last week. And today I want to give you another example in this lesson with a man named Hezekiah. We've talked about it a lot here in this congregation. But I'm not sure that we've ever went and read it out loud or studied it. So I'm going to do a little bit of that today. It's such a good example of what I'm talking about, covenant faithfulness, so I thought that we'd look at it. 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 1 through 6a, reading out of the HCSB. In those days Hezekiah became terminally ill. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amoz, came and said to him, This is what Yahweh says, Put your affairs in order, for you are about to die, you will not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to Yahweh. Please, Yahweh, remember how I have walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now, what do you think Yahweh would say to a man who prayed that prayer if it wasn't true? Who do you think you are? You've not served me. That would be a blasphemous prayer for a man to pray if it were a lie. Yeshua once told a parable in Luke 18 about a Pharisee who went to the temple to pray and when he prayed, he began to brag on himself. Oh, Elohim, I sure do thank you that I'm not like everybody else. Greedy unrighteous adulterers. I sure am thankful I'm not like this tax collector standing right beside me. The Pharisee said, I fast twice a week. I pay all my tithes. Me, me, me. Look at me. Look at everything that I do. And at the end of the parable, the Pharisee, Yeshua says, did not go home justified, declared innocent. And it is because he was not a man of faith. He exalted himself while putting other people down. And that is wrong. That is a sin. The Bible says we're supposed to abase ourselves and then let Yahweh lift us up. And when we speak to others, we're supposed to praise others. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 27, I think maybe verse 2, it says, let another man's lips praise thee and not thine own. There's a couple ways, a couple things to get from that. One thing is you should not praise yourself. Save the praise for other people. The other thing we get from that is we should give honor where honor is due. We should praise other people. We're not praising ourselves, but when we see somebody do something righteous, we give them honor, we give them praise. We learn that from that text. Well, the Pharisee had it backwards. He wasn't praising anybody else. He was praising himself and puffing himself up and saying, look at me, I'm so thankful I'm not like this publican or this tax collector standing beside me praying. He put that guy down, he puffed himself up. The Pharisee was a man of works without faith. Remember, The Bible says that faith without works is dead. But the Bible also teaches that works apart from faith is also dead. It's possible. It's possible to have works, outward works, and not have the interior faith. But what about Hezekiah? Well, Hezekiah's prayer was not like the Pharisee. Hezekiah wept while he prayed. It means a continuous sorrow Many tears, much weeping, like the woman that washed Yeshua's feet with her tears. He didn't talk down about anybody else. He didn't say, oh, I'm so thankful I'm not like somebody else. 
He approached Yahweh with humility, but he did plead. He said, remember how I have walked before you, Father. Remember the good deeds that I have done. Remember them. I'm not even so sure. I could be wrong about this. I'm not even so sure Hezekiah was praying to be healed. He just says, remember me. In other words, maybe I'll live and he'll remember me that way, but if I die, remember me. Remember me. What were the good deeds that Hezekiah was doing? I don't have this on the screen. If you have your Bible, flip over to 2 Kings 18. 2 Kings 18 verse 5 through 6 will tell us the good deeds that Hezekiah did. Hezekiah trusted in Yahweh, the mighty one of Israel. Not one of the kings of Judah was like him, either before him or after him. He held fast to Yahweh and did not turn from following him, but kept the commandments Yahweh had commanded Moses. And people tell me it's impossible to keep the commandments. And you got verses like that in your Bible. Hezekiah kept the commandments of Yahweh. The Holy Spirit inspired that to be written, what we just read. That's not just somebody writing it down. That's the Spirit's inspiration telling us that King Hezekiah held fast to Yahweh and kept Yahweh's commandments. That was the good deeds that he prayed to Yahweh and said, remember the deeds that I've done in your sight. It was commandment keeping. Now, a commentator, a Bible commentator that I generally love, his name is Adam Clark. He's a Methodist minister from the 1800s. He misses it here. And I don't always agree with Adam Clark, but this is one place where I read it this week. It was early in the morning, and I was reading it on my computer program, and I thought, Adam, Adam, Adam. No, 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 no. This is not good, what he just said. Adam Clark makes light of Hezekiah's prayer, and he goes so far to say that Yahweh winked at Hezekiah's ignorance in his prayer, and that we are taught better later on in the Scriptures in prayer. I believe Adam Clark missed it on this one. There is not a hint here that Hezekiah's prayer was unjust or ignorant. Not a hint in the text. Hezekiah prayed to Yahweh, and listen what the text explicitly says next in verses 4 through 6. Verse 4, Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard when the word of Yahweh came to him. So remember, he had just went in and told Hezekiah, you will die, you will not recover. I'm giving you a word from Yahweh. Hezekiah prayed the prayer. He wept bitterly. Isaiah left, and Isaiah had not gotten out of the inner courtyard. And Yahweh spoke to Isaiah and said, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what Yahweh Elohim of your ancestor David says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Look, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to Yahweh's temple. I will add 15 years to your life. Do you think that Yahweh would have healed Hezekiah if his prayer was a lie? Or as Adam Clark says, if Yahweh was winking at his ignorance. Hezekiah wasn't ignorant. He kept the law of Yahweh. He was a righteous man. He was a man of covenant faithfulness. And Yahweh listened to his prayer. We pray so much that we forget that when we pray, Yahweh really can hear us. And Yahweh heard this righteous 
man's prayer. And the Bible says Yahweh didn't only hear his prayer, but he saw his tears. We need more tears when we pray. When's the last time that you cried when you prayed? I'm talking about not crocodile tears, as Brother Walden used to say, but real tears. Where it's real to you. Somebody told me the other day, they said, Brother Matthew, why do you cry at something so simple? You read a Bible verse or you cry. And I told them, because it's real to me. I really believe it. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a ride that I get on and then I get off of. I really believe it. When I quote John 3.16 by itself, sometimes in the work truck, I start tears run down my face because I really believe the verse. I really believe it. It's not just words on a page. And that was Hezekiah. He turned his face to the wall. He got in his private place with Yahweh. He said, Father, remember me. He didn't even say, heal me. He just said, remember me. Remember the good deeds that I've done. Yahweh said, I heard the prayer. I saw the tears. I will heal you and I will give you 15 more years. This is a righteous man. We're seeing these righteous people in the Bible. Doesn't mean they're sinless people, but they're not of the works of the law. Hezekiah didn't trust in a few outward things to justify him. No, Hezekiah was faithful to the covenant. He lived by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of Yahweh. Listen, brothers and sisters, if we want Yahweh to get serious with us, we've got to get serious with Him. He can hear our prayers of humility. Maybe we need to miss a few meals. Maybe maybe we need to miss a week's worth of meals. Maybe we need to do something for Yahweh and get serious with Yahweh if we want Him to hear us and to see our prayer, see our tears. You say, well, Brother Matthew, I haven't cried in a while. Humble yourself and fast for a little while and maybe you'll get some tears to come back that Yahweh can see. But see, I can't put this in you. I can't make you do this. Yahweh has to do it. Yahweh has to give you a new heart. Yahweh has to open up your mind and open up the eyes of your understanding. Hallelujah. Hezekiah wasn't lying. Hezekiah wasn't ignorant. Hezekiah wasn't foolish. He was serious. He knew he kept the commandments. Remember me, Yahweh, I've been faithful to your covenant. What we have here is a man who really was righteous in the law. He was a blessed man. You know why? Because he was a man of faith, like Father Abraham. And that faith that was in him produced works of righteousness. Not a few works. Hezekiah didn't boast in his circumcision. Hezekiah didn't boast in the beard that he had. Hezekiah didn't boast in the robe that he wore. Hezekiah kept all the laws of Yahweh. Every law that applied to him, he was faithful to in the covenant. He said, Yahweh, remember me. Remember me. Yahweh heard him. He was supposed to die. That was the word of Yahweh that came through the prophet Isaiah. The first word in verse 1. You will die and not live. But the word of Yahweh changed after the prayer that Hezekiah prayed and the tears that he cried out of his eyes. He said, go back and tell him another word that I've given you now. We need heartfelt tears. We need real tears of repentance to Yahweh. We need to weep. We need to weep because we would never be in the good shape that we're in if it wasn't for Yahweh's mighty hand on our life. When you get a new heart, you will weep over Yahweh's mercies. When Yahweh gives you a new heart, the new heart can't help but weep over His mercies. No one with a heart of stone will understand that. You've got to have the new heart to understand. 
Verses like these, 2 Kings 20, Deuteronomy 30, Luke 1. Verses like these show us that people are not cursed for obeying the law of Yahweh. That's a foolish teaching. If you hear a preacher say, well, you don't need to be doing that Sabbath stuff, or you don't need to be doing the dietary law stuff, or you don't need to be etc., etc., because you're going back up under the law and that brings a curse, run as fast as you can. These verses show us people aren't cursed, but they're blessed for obeying the law, and they show us that you can obey the law. You can. Paul was teaching them in Galatians that they were cursed if they were not of faith, but were instead trusting in a few outward works of the law or who they were, Judah, to make them righteous. And the Galatian Gentiles would be cursed if they fell under the spell of the Judaizers because the Judaizers were not faithful to the covenant. They were all about show and not about heart. They wanted others to look at them and they wanted other people to think that they were righteous. Listen, brothers and sisters, you don't want your reward now. You want your reward in the kingdom of heaven. When you fast, don't do it to be seen. When you pray, don't do it to be seen. When you give your alms, don't do it to be seen. For you have your reward now if you do it to be seen. But when you do these things in secret, your Father will reward you openly and you're laying up treasures in heaven where moths don't come in and where thieves can't break in and steal those treasures. This is why our Messiah went through everything that He went through. Hebrews 12 says it was because of the joy that was set before Him. He was able to endure the suffering that he went through because he knew he had more than just this life now. He really believed it. Lay up the treasures in heaven. Don't do things for show. Don't worry about it. I know sometimes it's difficult. Don't worry about who knows or who sees. Your Father in heaven sees even when nobody else does. And he promises that he will reward your good deeds because you are a man or a woman of faith. The Judaizers had a list of things that somebody needed to do to get into their group. You know what? Once you did their list, that was it. They weren't worried about the law. Even those who are circumcised didn't keep the law. Galatians 6 says. Their trust was in their list. They weren't trusting in Yahweh's gospel promise. They weren't living their life based upon faith. They were trusting in who they thought that they were. Because of their flesh, they were boasting in their flesh. Brothers and sisters, as I close, salvation has nothing to do with your flesh. Salvation has nothing to do with who you think or who you are. Who you think you are or who you might be. Nothing to do with that. Yahweh doesn't care about any of that. Those who are born of Yahweh are born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but they're born of the Spirit. That's how you have to be saved, is to be born of the Spirit. Salvation is not about making sure you're from a tribe of Israel. Salvation isn't about if your parents had you circumcised on the eighth day. Salvation is based upon whether or not saving faith exists in your heart. It's got to be in your heart. It's got to be down in your soul.
I hope and pray. My granddaddy prayed a prayer the other day. He said, dear Lord, he said, don't let none of my seed die and go to hell. And I pray the same thing because I can't put saving faith in my children's hearts. I can't do it. But I want it to be there so bad. And I praise Yahweh for my children. I praise Yahweh for all of you here. But unless Yahweh, the question is not so much what will you do with Yahweh, but what will Yahweh do with you? The question is not so much if you think you know Yahweh, but does Yahweh know you? Our Messiah said, depart from me. I never knew you. They thought they knew him, but he didn't know them. Very serious business. Does your heart trust in the promise of Yahweh? Do you believe in his son whom he hath sent? And does that cause you to live faithful to the covenant? Not out of a have to, but out of a want to. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, and this is only by the grace and the mercies of Yahweh, but I'm at a point now in my life where I do not keep the Sabbath even because I have to. I keep it because that's what I want to do. I don't not murder somebody because I have to, because it's the law of the land. I don't not hate somebody because I have to. I don't want to hate. I don't want to murder. I don't want to steal. I want to obey Yahweh. But let me tell you, that's not Matthew's flesh talking. That's Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's the new heart and the new mind. Yahweh wrote His laws upon the table of my heart and my mind. That's why I want to do these things. Say, Brother Matthew, do you think you're perfect? No way. Don't ever put your trust in me because I will eventually let you down. Put your trust in the one who never lets you down. I'm not perfect in the law, but I'm faithful to the covenant. And when I sin, it hurts my heart. I don't want to sin, but now I'm called to strive and I'm called to fight. Don't ever stop fighting sin. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. Don't ever stop fighting sin. You know how hard it was that very first time you committed that certain sin? And then the more you committed, the easier it gets. And then before you know it, two or three years down the road, you're sinning and you're practicing that sin and it doesn't seem like it's even a sin anymore because it's become so regular and so common to you. Don't be like the Judaizers. Don't fall under their spell. It's not about what you look like on the outside. It's not about your genealogy. It's not about your flesh. It's not about who your parents were or what they taught you. It's whether or not saving faith exists in your heart. In your heart. The seed of emotions in the Bible. Let's realize today that we can obey the law that Yahweh gave us. We can. You won't be sinless in it. You'll have to partake in His provision for forgiveness. You will. Thanks be to Yahweh. He gives us that provision through His Son who is our mediator. And we can be forgiven by the blood. It does mean that it is possible for us to walk in covenant faithfulness to Yahweh all the while trusting in our Messiah for the forgiveness of our sins. Are you faithful to His covenant? Don't be of the works of the law. Be a man of faith. Be a woman of faith. Children, my children here tonight, and all of us, but 
realize, just realize that nothing else really matters. Nothing else really matters. Nothing else does. Life on earth is just a drop in a bucket. Devote your life to Yahweh. Devote it to Yahweh. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, forgive us of our sins, Yahweh. Yahweh, Father, let... I pray, Yahweh, that you'd open up hearts and minds not just in this congregation, but in congregations across this land. Yahweh, I thank you. I thank you for your love and your grace and your mercy on me. I feel so unworthy and unrighteous. you love me and you put a heart in me to want to obey Father don't ever let that fire go out I pray that for every person in here don't ever let that fire go out and may we do what we know to do to keep the fire burning even as the fire in the tabernacle was never diminished. May the fire in our hearts be the same. Oh, Yahweh, let this be real in our life. May we live each and every day wondering how we can be more and more pleasing to you and be men and women of faith instead of being of the works of the law. Thank you so much, Yahweh. I pray these things through your Son, Yeshua. Amen.